Hello, Sawbona, how's it? Molo, Jambo, and welcome to Every Nation Devon Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Today, we are going to be looking at recovery. So we've been doing, over the past three weeks, we've been looking at um, how important it is to, to soul care, to look after and nurture the essence of who we are, um, the, the, what makes you, you, what makes me, me, the way we think, the way we make decisions, the way we um, outwork things, the way we, way we feel about stuff, that that's all affects our soul. And we've been looking at soul care. And, and I think in the, last week we looked at um, how challenging it is when we didn't even realize that this digital world that we're a part of has had such a negative impact on our souls. Anybody learn something new last week? Anyone go like, oh my goodness, that is starting to make a whole lot more sense. Okay, and, um, and the biggest factor that we're looking at in this soul care series is really about how the wellness of our soul affects our relationship and our intimacy with God. Because at the end of the day, we're Christians. We want, to, we want to be people who love the Lord our God with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, with all of our mind. And, um, and we want to be intimate with Him, and we want to be in a strong relationship with Him. And as I mentioned last week, for, for a, a large portion of society, we have damaged souls. We have souls that are... are distracted and um, frayed and overwhelmed and overstimulated. And, and, and for a vast majority of our population, our souls are not well. And, um, and even within the Christian world, our souls are not well. And there's a direct connection between the wellness of our souls and our spirituality, our ability to connect with God and be intimate with God. And, um, and so that's why we are tackling this. And you know, when I look at scriptures like 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 to 5, I'm going to read it. It's, it's up there. There's a lot of writing, but you can track with me. When I read scriptures like this, and I look at our present day, I'm just like, whoa, I have got to pay attention to the Word of God. I've got to pay attention. I want to be sharp. So let's read it. In the scripture, it says, but understand this. That in the last days, dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come. Difficult days that will be hard to bear. If you're having a tough time in life and you're feeling like things are a little bit hard to bear, maybe the scripture is talking to us. Yeah? Can we relate? For people will be lovers of self. I'm going to like just pause there. People will be lovers of self. When you look around your office, at your school, in your workplace, when you're just driving on the road, do you see lovers of self, narcissistic, self-focused, lovers of money, impelled by greed? If we look at the decay of corruption all around us, in so many spheres of influence, we see people impelled by greed. We see lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents. And I'm not just going to look in this direction where there's younger people, but honoring our parents, taking care of them in their old age, stewarding our relationship with them, not just getting on with the busyness of our lives that we neglect the fact that they actually gave birth to us, raised us, did the best they could with what they knew, how and with what they had. Ungrateful, very much an entitlement mentality in our world. Unholy and profane, and they'll be unloving, devoid of natural human affection, calloused and inhumane, how many inhumane situations do we observe on a daily basis? And even within our own hearts, we're like disconnected from them. Inhumane circumstances that we see people living in. Inhumane situations. And we, there's, a, there's a dullness upon us. Irreconcilable, malicious gossips. Social media? 
Is that tick any boxes there with malicious gossips? Devoid of self-control, brutal, haters of good, traitors, reckless, conceiters, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Last week we spoke about our pleasure center in our brain, this beautiful way in which our brain is created to experience pleasure and how our pleasure center has become damaged because of this overstimulation, too much pleasure, too much excitement, too much going on. Could it be that there's a love of pleasure more than a love of God? And we can point fingers at the world and say, yeah, totally. But this isn't actually talking to worldly people all that much because it says they're holding to a form of outward godliness, religion, although they have denied its power for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. So you can be religious, you can be devout, you can be going about activities that are god Lee, or meant to be God-focused. But if this, these other words there, self, greed, ungrateful, gossip, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, if we can tick any of those in our lives, then I think we need to just pause. And we need to sell out. We need to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because right there it says, avoid such people and keep far away from them. So I think as a, as a community, we need to look internally and say, well, is there any flags that I need to check within my own heart and let me get that right? And then let me look out for my brothers and my sisters and, and help them because we want to be lovers of God. We want to be intimate with God. We don't want to be sucked into the world system that actually causes us to be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And you know, I've asked for our youth to be in the service today because as one generation stewards another generation to know God, to know their purpose, to know the reason why they're on this planet, there's got to be a teamwork. There's got to be a coming together. There's got to be, it's not, a, it's not an us and a them. It's a we. And you know what, guys? You're being trained for the future, and the things that are going on in your life are important to us. And maybe we haven't experienced the, the degree of things that you're experiencing because they weren't invented yet, but we want you to know that we've got your back. And you're not alone. And I know that it's sometimes confusing and there's so much pressure on you and sometimes you're always in like trouble and everyone's like, gives you a hard time, but as this community, we love you, and we really care about you, and we want to do the, the best we can to steward you and to steward your futures, but we've got to work together, okay? So you've got to know that, that we love you, and we've got your back, and sometimes when there's hard things that we've got to talk through and navigate, let's do it together, and not, not in isolation or separate, Yeah? I love you guys so much. I, I, like, I get really emotional because I just think your generation is under so much threat. And as we go through this message today, um, to the older generation, like, let's not be the people who point at our kids and, and the people we're called to steward and be like, yeah, I tell you, you're always on your phone too much. That's, that's the problem, is you're always on the phone. Why don't we rather go hey, champ, the way I steward my phone and my digital world, is that a good enough like, role model for you? Am I helping you with your challenges, with your device? Let's, let's do it like that. And, you know, for you younger guys, as we're going through this word, and please don't roll your eyes at me or feel like, oh, my gosh, she's my parents are going to take it all away and we're never going to be able to touch a device again and you're just ruining my life. I'm asking you to hear the wisdom that we're going to share today. And I might even, I'm going to ask you to break up with your phone and just choose to be friends and not so intimately 
involved, <laughs> okay? So I am going to ask you to break up with your phone, but you can be friends. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's not you, it's me. It's, it's not. <laughs> okay. So um, do you, you guys, you weren't in the service last week. Do you know what I'm talking about at all when I say the word anhedonia? Okay, so really quick, quick, quick thing. So you've got this part of your brain that's called the pleasure center, what makes you happy, it makes you feel really good, like when you win a soccer game or a rugby game or you're eating like really nice food and it tastes great and you're like, woo, that was awesome. It's you're getting a message into your pleasure zone, your pleasure center in your brain. You also get it through digital experience, being on your phone, being on a device, gaming, stuff like that. But what's happening with that kind of stimulation, it's too much, it's excessive. And so your brain sets up a barrier because it's trying to protect from getting overstimulated. And eventually that barrier gets so high that you stop, to ex you stop experiencing pleasure at all. And then you start to feel like this image that comes up now where you feel nothing. You feel like, what's the point in life? You, you feel dead, you feel numb, you just, you can't experience pleasure anymore. And we want to do, what we want to do as a community, because what we found as adults is like, we're, we're experiencing this, but you're experiencing it a whole lot more. And, um, and in your brains, you don't have a fully developed prefrontal cortex, which is this part of your brain that helps you to stop. It's like, it's like the brakes. And so if getting messages to this pleasure center is like putting your foot on an accelerator, where if you're over 25, you have this more developed part of the brain which can help you to stop unless you've become an addict. Um, you don't have that yet. And so it's really hard for you to put the brakes on so you just keep overstimulating. And even if you try to stop, it just becomes too hard. And that's where you need parents to step in and say, we're putting these boundaries in place because we are gonna do this together to make sure that the pleasure center in your brain stays healthy and strong. Does it make sense? Okay, so I'm gonna do a little example quickly and then you're gonna get some chocolate. All right, so who am I gonna pick on? You know what, Keanu, you, you, you're right there, you're like, you're ready for this, I know you are. you game, you've got a ball even. Come on up, come on up, okay. Keanu? And then, Tandy, I'm gonna ask you to come up. So stand right here in the front for me. Okay, now, why don't you just put your, put your hand in there. And uh, don't worry about anything that's going on here. All I want you to focus on is this amazing chocolate. And like, you know, look at that chocolate. Okay, you just focus on that chocolate and Tandy's gonna do her what she needs to do. But um, yeah, that chocolate looks good, doesn't it? Yeah? Do you like chocolate? Not that, Not that much. Who in your family likes chocolate? All of them. Okay, so they're here and they're going, Brew, I know you don't like chocolate, but I'm going to eat that chocolate. And you're like, wow, that chocolate would be so much better if it wasn't a chocolate. What would it be? What would be good for you? What do you like? Rascals. Do you like sweets? Do you like chips? No? You don't like that either? Do you like meat? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. We found, your, we found your love language. Okay. So just pretend that that was like a nice big steak that's just come off the braai. And you know, you, you're focusing on that and you're thinking about how good it tastes and how it's, it's gonna feel in your mouth and what do you like with your brine meat? Barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce, nice. Do you like, do you like um, pup or do you like um, chips or do you like bread roll or what do you like with your meat and your barbecue sauce? Hey? Rolls, rolls and mash. Hey? That feels good, hey? So, um, yeah. Okay, cool, Tandy, you can stop there, thanks. So, you can just give that to me, I'll just go like that, I'll just tap it in there. What I'm trying to highlight here is sometimes you can have something in your hands that, um, that okay, I, I got you thinking about the brine meat, but for some people they would have been focused on that chocolate. Sometimes you can be so focused on something that you feel like it's giving you pleasure or gonna give you pleasure in the future that you don't realize in the midst of it, something else is binding you and wrapping you up. Do you feel nice now that you've become more aware of this? You feel uncomfortable. That doesn't feel nice, does it? Okay, 
Do you think this will help? Yes. Yeah? Do you, think, do you think I should get stuck in here and help you out a bit? Please. Oh, okay. Well, you, you, you like, you're like, I, I'm going to get out of this myself. But you're ruining my illustration here, so I just pretend you can't. I was going to cut you. <laughs> okay. So sometimes you do get caught up a bit, and you can untangle. But sometimes if I had got Tandy going round and round and round and round again, you wouldn't have been able to get out, right? And you need someone else to come along and just help you and just cut off the things that are getting you tangled up because actually it's much better to be like that, yeah? Yeah, okay. So thank you, you can go take that chocolate and you can share that with your family or you can trade it for some meat. But that's it. thank you, give them a round of applause. Do you guys understand the points I'm making? Sometimes there's so much distraction with something that you feel like is good for you, but it's actually causing you to get bound and you need somebody else to come and cut you free, yeah? And that doesn't just go for the youngsters. There's people in this room where we need help and assistance and we've got to work together to set each other free. Okay, so um, there's an image that's gonna come up here and I've entitled it, Becoming One With My Device. Does that, does that look like a picture that might uh, reflect a bit of your world? We're, we're called to become one with God. And, uh, and for so many of us, we are giving so much time and attention to becoming one with our device. In, the, in a Healthline article of 2019, so this was even before lockdown and the intensity of devices, they had some, um, some new terminology that's actually come to pass. So pathological phone use has given rise to new technology. Have you ever heard of the word uh, nomophobia? Nomophobia. Nomophobia is actually a fear of going without your phone. Can anyone relate to that fear? Nomophobia, like you're not gonna have your phone with you. You leave the house and you're like, oh, I left my phone. Yeah? Nomophobia. What about texophrenia, which is the fear that you can't send or receive a, te a text message? Hey? That there's actually terminology for this, guys. What about phantom vibrations? When you feel your phone is alerting you and it really isn't? <laughs> it's actually like a condition. You're like, oh, no, wait, that's, that's, that's not my phone. What was that? It's a phantom vibration. We've actually got to be honest that there, we've got a bit of a condition here, some of us. Hey, I see a lot of laughing and a lot of uh, shaking heads. Okay, in this article, they also said, how can you tell if a loved one um, or yourself has an overuse problem with their device? Okay, I want to I wanna see, you can give me a nod or a, a, a sheepish little hand up if this relates to you. You reach for your phone or your device the moment you're alone or bored. Yeah. You wake up multiple times at night to check your phone. You feel anxious, upset, or short-tempered when you can't get to your phone. Your phone has caused you to have an accident or injury. You're spending more and more time using your device. Your, your device interferes with your job performance, your schoolwork, or your relationships. Do you, do you know how much the grades are going down societally in our schools? Huge factor is, is the, the effect of the devices. People in your life are concerned about your phone use patterns, but you don't wanna hear them. When you try to limit your use, you relapse quickly. Yeah, guys, I'm seeing a lot of nodding heads. Okay, we know what we're talking about here. Brad Huddleston says a good indicator whether there is um, a problem or a threshold in your brain, because remember, this is all physiological, right? It's the effect of having too much stimulation. That's why these conditions exist. So he says a good indication is 
the reaction a person has when it's time to turn the phone off or to put it down. So if you are making excuses for yourself when you um, overstay your boundaries, that's a good sign that we've got to address this. If your child whines or complains when you ask them to turn it off or you take it away, it's a sign. There should be an immediate compliance. It should be as, as easy as me saying, my love, please just put that down, um, whether it was something like a crayon or a pen or a piece of paper, just put that down. I want you to go and do this now. There should be an immediate compliance. How many children whine, perform, start to throw tantrums? If these words are familiar in your home, I just need to get to the next level in my game and then I'll turn it off. Or I'll eat later, I'm nearly done. Or it's only been 20 minutes when you know it's been over an hour. Tantrums, meltdowns, angry words, slammed doors, a very good sign. And you know what? The societal norms that we are living in are making anhedonia more and more just the norm. That you'll walk into a room full of teenagers and they're all like this. And they're meant to be hanging out together. But they're all sitting on the couch or they're all at the park and they're like this. Societal norms are feeding anhedonia. They're causing it to multiply. And none of us want to be anhedonic. Um, we know we were created for pleasure. God's given us this beautiful um, gift of being able to experience pleasure. Um, natural pleasure, healthy pleasure. And so I think we can all relate that we need some solutions. Yes? Do we want some solutions? Um, I was sent this image the, uh, the day after I preached, and I had to laugh because how many of us felt like this after last week's preach? <laughs> it really made me giggle. Like... <laughs> okay. So... Solutions are great, and, um, and I'm going to share some very well-researched and studied solutions, and um, what we've got to realize is that um, the solutions aren't the problem. It's the implementation and the consistency in applying those solutions that becomes the problem. Yeah? So I can give you a list of solutions and we can look at it and we can go, okay, I'm going to do that. But it's tomorrow when we actually face it and are we able to do it. Okay, so some of the wisdom that I'm going to share today is actually going to sound quite drastic. It's going to make a lot of people feel very uncomfortable and um, particularly that area of the room. But I love you. And remember, this is about your freedom and your mental health and your wellness and all of that. Um, and we've, we've got to be willing to pass through truth to get to freedom. Okay. We're going to watch a little video clip. So just to drive this home. So when I bring the solutions, everyone's not like, shoot the messenger. It's going to be like, no, we recognize that we need to do whatever we need to do to address this and to heal as a society. Amen. I was heavily addicted to technology. Not now, I could be, again tonight. But the point that I, and what I'm all about is rest, the restoration of the intimacy with God that has been stolen. So let's talk about that. Let's put the brain animation back up there. But here's how you lose your feeling. If you don't deal with the addiction, the habituation, and stop, not balance, not limit, not back away and do less, and only do it on Saturday, but quit, that, that brain wall will get so big, if you notice, it stopped lighting up in the middle. And on brain scans, you can clearly see that the brain has shut down and the, the natural color from analog activities. Somebody asked me today, sometimes I need to define things, ask me what analog is. Um, analog refers to non-digital and then there's digital. Does that make sense? And I humorously say with analog, do you remember paper? <laughs> remember when we used to have paper? Uh, that's analog. All right, so here's what happens. The wall gets really big. It pushes out all the dopamine, and you stop feeling, and you have anhedonia. 
There are a couple of documentaries that I would recommend that you watch. One is called The Social Dilemma. The other is called Childhood 2.0. And I put together a little montage of what anhedonia looks like in children and in high schoolers once they have pushed the boundary with their video games and social media to that brink where that wall is really big. Suicide is always a result of many, um, many factors. As we are not teaching kids as many skills to self-regulate and deal with difficult emotions, well, one thing that a device can be is a great way to distract. Not being able to have my phone for a week, definitely, like, I would get really bored, and I feel like I would be stressed out. Typically, when I get bored, I do pick up my phone. Like, I had people to talk to, but they got bored. I don't know, it's just, like, something that I do when I'm bored. Oftentimes, it's a child who's simply bored. Yeah, I'm pretty much bored. I get so bored. Sometimes when I'm bored. Because they were bored. And they're bored. Boredom. He is so bored. My mindset's got worse and worse just because... I felt so unproductive and I wasn't doing anything and I felt like that's pretty common. You know, most kids are bored, cooped up and feel unproductive. At 12, here again, I was helping my dad. We still, were still milking cows. We were still raising hogs, carrying water. We still didn't have electricity. I had to have the tractor gassed up, everything hooked up and ready to go. So I mowed their lawns, some housework for those folks. I didn't even know the word bored. And if we continually interrupt that boredom with distraction, with screens, I think that we are removing kids' abilities to deal with their own thoughts. And then that carries the risk then of being in a situation where parents are fixing everything and you combine that with situations in high school where parents have fixed everything I've not been taught how to deal with my own thoughts life is kind of hard I have no idea what to do with this and Hedonia I'm bored and it's because they have a wall and yet they have the most stimulating activities on earth way more than any generation in history but they're bored it's because they have built up resistance tolerance to the digital drug am I making sense to you now here's the danger, and here's what weighs on me. There are activities that generate more dopamine than others. By far, the ones that generate the most would be in this order, pornography. It's way up there, followed by video games and social media. They're almost equal. And they cause the wall to go up quickly, porn instantly. And once that happens, once that wall gets to a certain level, if you're not doing an activity that generates enough dopamine to get over that wall or penetrate it, those dopamine receptors that are clogged, if you're doing an activity that generates this much dopamine, you're going to be bored. So if you tell a kid, go outside and play, and they've got a wall, what are they gonna say? I'm bored, that's boring. If you tell them, let's go to youth group, what are they gonna say? But they might make an excuse that the youth pastor is worthless. Oh, is he the youth pastor? <laughs> Not. But, but I'll defend you, though, because they come to you with a wall, and you can't compete. I don't care how many games you play. I don't care how good your sermon is. It's analog. And I will defend him against any accusation to say he's boring. I will say, no, you brought that with you because of what you're doing at home. That's not the church's fault. And then they want to blame the school too. The school is boring. I'm like, no, you brought that to school. Am I making sense? And when you get that way, intimacy, we know what that is. Everybody's intimate, whether it be to football, whether it be to NASCAR racing where I'm from, or whether it be to God. That's when you're emotionally attached. I mean, you are glued. That's what's on your mind all the time. Well, when you have that wall, whatever it is that you're doing to try to get enough dopamine, that activity to, to penetrate that barrier, that's what you're intimate with. And God and his activities generate this much dopamine. That's the normal, natural amount that you need for cognition. And that is what scares me the most. And with the metaverse, you think we have stimulation now in a 2D world? Wait till we're entering into a 3D world. It's going to put the nail in the coffin. And I carry this weight everywhere.
Guys, does that make sense to you? Did you understand what he was saying there? Do you, you know that feeling of just, I'm bored? It's boring to go to youth. It's boring to go to church. It's boring to read my Bible. Maths is boring. Everything's boring. It's because of this wall that's developed in the brain. And, um, and when we talk about solutions, we're talking about what we need to do to get rid of that wall. And I know your heart, guys, is to connect with God. Our, all of our hearts is to connect with God. And so many of us are feeling that same sense of disconnection from God. And it's because we've also got walls. We've got these walls that have established themselves in our brains. And that's why as a community, we're going to look at this. Um, I, I had such a cool conversation with somebody who is two weeks into a gaming detox. Yeah? Um, and it's not just youngsters who, who game, hey? The average age is 35. So we're not looking at high schoolers as the gamers. The average age is 35 gaming addictions. Um, and this person is two weeks into their gaming detox and um, they said something to me which just made me so happy. They said, I began to feel pleasure in serving these people that I serve. Now they've been serving these people for a long time but they hadn't really been aware of the pleasure that's actually connected to the serving of these people. And so they're going through the motions of serving, but only now as the wall is starting to come down, are they feeling the natural pleasure in serving them. And so that makes me excited because it means that life is coming back to that pleasure center that was originally damaged. So isn't that cool? And that's only two weeks into the detox. So imagine after three weeks, four weeks, how cool that person's gonna be feeling. So yay. Okay, solutions. Firstly, we have to make the effort. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you ready to make the effort? Okay, make the effort to consistently educate yourself on these matters. All right, make the effort to not settle for anything less than total freedom and a healthy pleasure center with no barrier. Yeah, make the effort to um, be conformed, not to the patterns of this world and the way society is going, but be transformed by the renewal, the healing, the wellness of your mind, yeah? Um, make the effort to train yourself to think correctly, to be on the front foot about research and boundaries and what, is, what works and what doesn't work. Um, guys, who knows about the metaverse? Do you know about the metaverse? Okay, the metaverse, I won't get into detail, but 2022 is the year that there is a big push for the metaverse. People are even having church in the metaverse, where you create, um, you create, okay, I won't go down that rabbit trail, we don't have much time. But um, yeah, we need to be on the front foot about this. And, um, and let's make the effort in our households to have daily or weekly accountability around this, all right? And, and that doesn't mean parents go and check your kids' phones and that's being accountable. Parents go to your kids and say, this was my screen time this week or today. What, what do you have to say about that? What, you, know, you speak into it, you hold me accountable, I'm gonna hold you accountable, let's do this together, especially with your older teens. You know, not your little kids, they don't need to know. But for your older teens, you, you, you're raising men and women who need to navigate society on their own. And if you can go to them and say, yeah, sure, look, I, my screen time definitely was too high this week. Like, I need to address this and do, do it relationally. Does that make sense? Yeah? And as we walk in the light, we'll have fellowship with each other, parents, guardians, grandparents, and, and children, and we will have freedom. Okay, so we're going to make the effort. The second thing is we are gonna preserve the pleasure center, particularly in childhood. Prevention is better than cure. It is wiser and easier to prevent anhedonia than to try and rescue a child from it later. Does that make sense? So if you have young children, you've got to be intentional about keeping their dopamine levels really, really, really low, okay? Um, because when their dopamine levels are very low, they are naturally gonna be creative and curious, and they're gonna develop as they are meant to develop. So you need to ask yourself, do little kids actually need any kind of screen in their life? 
If that is the result, do little children need any form of screen in their lives? Or do they rather need to work with their hands, Play-Doh, sand, crayons, paper, listen to audio books, be read to, do puzzles, play with toy cars and dolls, learn musical instruments, discover new languages, be taught how to speak other languages, or even just sit and be still and look out the window and dream. That's what little children need. And we need to lead by example. If we're going to spend time with our kids, let's not play on the Xbox with them. Let's go outside and kick the soccer ball on the field with the grass between our toes. Let's get down and sit and do a puzzle. Let's draw pictures together and color in. Let's be a generation who's actively engaging with them to have those low dopamine levels. And if for some reason you feel like they do have to have access to a screen, then watch very carefully to see if a resistance is starting to develop. Remember I said earlier that if there's any kind of um, whining or complaining when it's time to turn it off, then you need to reduce the amount of time. If you're giving them 15 minutes on that device and then there's a, 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 an altercation by getting it back, drop it to 10. Keep it at whatever level. You're not going to get any sort of resistance because that means that the, the dopamine levels are staying as they should. You need to give the brain plenty of time to recalibrate with analog activities. Thirdly, we need to embrace recovery and detox for the hijacked pleasure system. And this is where most of us find ourselves. And we just got to be honest that we actually do need to embrace recovery. We need to embrace detox so that our pleasure center can recalibrate. And if you've got older children and they have regular access to screens, there is a very high chance that they also need to engage in some form of detox recovery. So, recovery. We've got to put down some things and we've got to pick up some things. Because who knows, when you put down something, there's a gap, there's a void. And if you don't have something to fill it with, it's so easy just to go back to it. Yeah? So let's get into it. Put down having any form of technology in the bedrooms. Take it away. If there's technology in the bedrooms, whether it's a TV, a PC, a PlayStation, a phone, take it out of the bedroom and put it in a communal space, in the living space. It's easier said than done because it's, it's for parents who have children, it's so much easier that they're in their room, out of your hair, getting on with something and your space is quiet and tidy. But at the end of the day, 80% of the problems that are happening are in the bedroom, generally with the door closed. So get those, get all forms of technology into communal spaces and for logical reasons. If it's in a communal space, you can see how often a person is on a device. You can see content a lot more easier than if it's in the bedroom. And there can be more of a sense of community and accountability and working together, yeah? All right, put down consistently having your device on you, in your pocket, in your handbag, everywhere you go, walking around the house with it, it's with you, you know? It's, it's not attached to you. It is a separate entity that should work for you when you need it. It shouldn't be beckoning and calling you and thinking it's vibrating but it's not vibrating or the phone's ringing and you're in the middle of a conversation with somebody else and you've got to answer it. No, put it away, put it in its place that you are, it's, it's not part of your person. It's separate to your person. Okay, let's put down social media. Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat. Let's put it down. No, you can't do that. Could we try for 21 days and see if, if we die? I don't think we'll die. I bet you if we put it down, what will happen in our household is we'll start to talk to each other more. We'll start to engage with our neighbor more. We'll start to have more face-to-face -face conversations because we don't have this go-to anymore of endless scrolling or messaging people who we don't even need to message. 
or send pictures because you've got to get your strikes, your streaks, thank you, sorry, I striked out there, it's a streak, you know? What about getting into some good conversations with the people who actually live in your house, or your neighbor, or the person who drops off the delivery? Guys, dropping off a delivery, yeah, sure, thanks, thanks, we don't have to sign, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, have a nice day. That could have been a God appointment. Hey, how's your day? That's really tough, what's wrong? Engaging in a conversation with a person face to face. Bet you we'll get a lot more of that. Okay, we're gonna need to put down digital gaming. I know, but just this one game. Okay, I'll put down the other ones, but just this one game. If that is spiking the levels and keeping the wall up, whether it's one game or multiple games, it's doing the same thing. And we wanna get the walls down and get those levels down. So why don't we put down gaming and pick up getting fit? Why don't we pick up being out in nature and exploring new passions and discovering something fresh about ourselves? Okay. Sometimes we'll say things like, yeah, but I've just had a long day and I just need to chill out. And it just helps me zone out and helps me to chill out. It actually doesn't. It actually wires you and it causes you to fire up instead of chilling out in your brain. That's what's actually happening. Let's put down multitasking. If we're sitting and we're working and we're doing our schoolwork or we're doing our business work or some other form of studies, and we've got a screen open, and we've got a phone open, and we've got something else open, and we're going from this tab, and we then answering a message here, we're actually reducing our productivity by 40%. Because we created to monotask. So if we just sit with one screen, and we just work on that Word document consistently, we will be 40 times more productive than answering that thing that came through on the phone and clicking that tab on the computer and do you know what I'm talking about? All right, sequential processing is the way we're designed. Let's put down working tirelessly on the screen without taking adequate breaks. Have you noticed how quickly time goes by when you're working on a screen? It's just like boom. Let's set a little reminder that every 50 minutes we stop and we turn away from our screen and we go and we take a walk and we just stretch and we look outside for 10 minutes and make a cup of tea and we just have a conversation with something. We do something analog, not digital. We don't go and check our emails or quickly send a message to somebody. We do 50 minutes of mono work, take a 10 minute break and then come back and do another 50 minutes. That will just help our brains to recalibrate and for those levels to come down. Is this making sense? It's gone very quiet. Let's put down erratic and haphazard living and let's pick up developing a regular schedule for life. Waking up at the same time, going to bed at the same time, getting good sleep. Do you know that we need between like nine and 12 hours of sleep? And the great thing is that's why God created a Sabbath because if we can't get that, you know, in those six days because of different pressures and demands, God created a Sabbath. And if we actually rest on the Sabbath and recover in our sleep, we regenerate in our brains. Isn't that amazing? Who's not getting enough sleep? <laughs> Let's go home and take a nap today. Let's put down screens before bedtime. If you're an adult, you should put it down an hour before you go to sleep. And if you have a, if you're, you fall into the category of being a child, maybe an older child, three hours before you go to sleep. It'll help you to have better, deeper sleep. You'll feel more refreshed in the morning. These are pretty radical, aren't they? But how much do we want our freedom? No screens before school. It affects your cognitive functioning. It affects your ability to focus on maths and to listen to the teacher and to, to listen and apply what you're hearing and learning. It actually reduces, so you're going into school already on a, on a back foot. 
instead of being on the front foot. Let's put down old habits and let's embrace new passions. Let's find a passion for cooking or baking or drawing or building or learning a new language or playing chess or reading or sport or serving in church. So how much do we want it, guys? Is it too radical? Sounds really radical. I've had to listen and process this for like a long period of time to actually start to embrace it. But we can either make a plan or we can make an excuse. The choice is ours. The joy of life depends on us keeping this system that God has created us with in health and wellness. And how can we ask God to give us joy when we are abusing the system through which that joy and pleasure comes? It's like breaking your feet but still wanting the pleasure of playing soccer. You just can't. So I'm going to invite us into, there's really another video club that I'd love you to watch, but I feel like it's gone on too long now. Hey? Should we call it a quits and I'll just send the, send the message? Send the video. Play the video. Play the video. You want the dopamine hit of the video? Because <laughs> it's a bit boring hearing me talk. Okay, let's play this last video. It's like three minutes or something, and then we will wrap. So I want to show you another brief clip on social media and in mental health. Do you guys feel like teachers and adults and parents in general have kind of abandoned helping you through the social media thing in life? It's also like we shield stuff from our parents too. So like they don't really know. Sneaky. Like yeah. I don't blame them for so not true. being able to help because we don't ask for help. I definitely feel like us as kids kind of got put in a, in a tough spot. Yeah. You know? You know, in between two worlds. This is all new for us as parents. We, we this, this technology and this, and this world has kind of has crept up on us, and there is so many of us who could do better. Like my parents would be like heartbroken that like their kids have to go through this. Over half of tweens and uh, close to three fourths of teens experience issues regarding mental health. And then we get into cyberbullying and that's over three fourths. Then we get to sexual content. And for tweens, it's around 70%. And then for teens, it gets even higher. Our society is just become too isolated, uh, just losing human touch. And there's no human touch to uh, kind of heal the, the scar or the, the pain. Why do you think all these like suicide and like depression rates are skyrocketing? It's because of social media and nobody's doing anything about it. We gave the stuff to ourselves because we wanted it. And now we get to look, watch it happen to our children. Kids right now are gonna experience the worst of what we're going through. For most of the things that parents can't stand about technology, it's our fault. I don't want to trade my influence for their access to a million different sources of influence that may not be credible. Some parents say, I'm not going to do anything. I give up. It's too overwhelming. I just, you know, I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that they do okay. As a family, it is the one thing we fight about more than anything. If I had the option to turn things back and give our kids of today a life without social media and smartphones, I would absolutely do it. I would absolutely take away the internet for my kids. Yes, I would have rather grown up without the internet. I mean, I would do it immediately, take it all away. If social media was gone, like completely, and nobody had it, it'd be a positive. I do long some for my children to know a bit more peace, a bit more calm, a bit more boredom. Can we stand to our feet? If you want to join 21 Day Detox, I want you to write your name on your piece of paper and your cell phone number. And there'll be a basket at the exit when you leave today and you just pop it in there and I'll get hold of you. And we didn't literally do a 21 day detox. It's three Sundays that we will gather for 30 minutes after the service just to go through some material together. 
but let's do this as a community because it's so worth it to restore the intimacy that God has for us, to protect and help a generation that's struggling through more than we actually realize and understand. And, um, and let's do it together. All right, let's pray. Father, we come before you today and we are a people who really are, are clueless without you. You know the way you wired us, you know the way you created us, and, um, and we, we humble ourselves before you today. You know each one of our stories individually. You know the struggles that we face in our own person with this and, and in our responsibilities to prepare and help the generation that we're stewarding and are responsible for. And Father, we're asking you for your help. And you said that you would help us graciously. You would pour out wisdom upon us when we ask for it. You would be our help in time of need. And here we are as a people saying we want to be intimate with you. We don't want to be intimate with technology. We want to use technology for the good and for what, what can benefit our lives and the advancement of your gospel. But we want to be intimate with you. And so, Lord, we just say we're sorry. We're sorry for where we didn't know things. We're sorry for where we've allowed things. And we say, let today be the day of a technology salvation for us. Let today to be the day that we say, yes, I'm going to join community and we're going to go through a detox. Let today be the day that households are reconciled around this and, and children get the, the parameters and the boundaries that they need and, um, and relationships get the opportunity to be restored and, and helped and healed. And for some of us, Lord, we're, we're far enough along the journey to, to be able to help others. And for some of us, we're just still overwhelmed and processing and thinking this through. And, and you're so gracious to meet each one of us where we are at. And for that, we say thank you. Our trust is in you. We know that you hear us when we pray. And as we submit to you, God, we know that you give us the strength, the empowerment the ability to overcome, and you fill our hearts with hope that, that our brains, the levels can come down and our health can come back to our pleasure center and we can, we can engage in normal life in a healthy, happy, wholesome way that brings life and honors you and advances your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at endurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermon. Be blessed.